Hey, nerds, how are you doing? Oh, fancy seeing you here on this bonus episode of Into the Wild. Do you remember when we said we'd be doing bonus episodes way back at the beginning of the year, and this is probably the second time that we've actually had a chance to do so? <laughs> um, life's very busy, but welcome, 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 welcome to this bonus episode of Into the Wild. I went to um, go outside and go for a walk to record this intro, and as I did, the heavens absolutely opened, so I decided to record it from the safety of the Into the Wild studio with a decaf coffee instead, which is a lot more cosy and warm. Um, so let me tell you what this episode is about, what you're about to listen to. Um, it's just, to, to put it simply, it's just a lovely chat between two friends about allotments. Um, it features a good friend of the podcast called Emma Brisian, a science communicator, um, a naturalist, um, a presenter, she had a podcast called For What It's Earth. Please look it up and go back and listen to those episodes. They're absolutely fantastic. A podcast that gives you some direction on, direction on how to live a bit more ethically and sustainably in the home and, you know, in your life. Um, if you're looking to buy tea and coffee, what are the best companies and ways to drink tea and coffee and minimising your impact on the planet as well? Do check it out. It's a really fantastic show. Emma's also featured on Into the Wild before as well and quite recently... Um, featured on our nature news segment talking on behalf of the river trust where she now works sharing information about their citizen science program that's been out um, checking the state of the rivers in the uk but on this episode we are pretty much talking about food and allotments back in august this year i went to go and visit emma to go and see her allotment me and emma talk a lot about growing veg about gardening and it was about time i went to go and see this plot of space she talks about all the time so it's quite simply a little chat, a little catch up, walking around Emma's allotment, her telling us about what she's grown, how she's grown it, what she does with the food, and also what it's like having that kind of space and why we think those kind of spaces for people are important as well. So that's this bonus episode. Please enjoy and I'll see you at the end. Cup of tea. Cup of tea. How do you take your tea? Uh, just in a mug. That can be arranged. <laughs> I any, tried any... the hands and it didn't work. <laughs> any any preference on mug? Yes, do I do beaver? have a preference. Do you want the beaver mug? There's a beaver. What's the other or one? The other one's Common seabirds. turn. Sandwich turn. Yeah, Never they're... heard of that before. Black-headed gull. Cormorant. Gannet. Guillemont. Well, my friend got me that one because I quite like cormorants. I think they're quite a prehistoric, epic-looking bird that you can find in, yeah, in cities. Well, they're everywhere, yeah? Well, they're precisely. They're in Bristol. Bristol so the point, they're a bit well. like... They've got the same rep now as like an urban fox for me. Really? Like I see them so much in urban you, environments you that when anymore. I see them on the coast, I'm like, what the fuck are they doing here? Yeah. Um, I brought the most underrated biscuit as well. Do you know what? I'm here for those. I like an underrated like biscuit. Yeah, them and also ginger nuts. Yes. I wouldn't say they're underrated. I really I get bullied for my love of ginger nut biscuit. Really? And digestives. I love a simple digestive. See, I know. Digestives got to have chocolate on top. These are, for the listeners, these are malted milks. And have they I? are just like, as well, the packet says light and cream. How about a rich tea? See, I Oh, no, maybe them. I was thinking of rich tea when you said digestive. Oh, okay. I think I was. We're going to go down to your allotment. We are. I'm excited about this. I've heard lots about your allotment. <laughs> you have over the years. Over the years. <laughs> your struggles, your pains, your, your gains. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I think that looks job. like a good cup of tea either that way. That is a good cup of tea. It's banging. Good stuff. Um... Yeah, you've told me a lot about your allotment. What am I going to see when I go down there? You're going to see a lot of weeds. Brilliant. That's a good thing. Mm, yeah, sure, sure, sure. 
Um, my yellow courgette is in full flourish, so you might see some small yellow courgettes. Exciting. Um, you will definitely see a lot of weeds and you will see the structure that I started to intend for one side of the allotment and you'll see that structure slowly disintegrate as you progress through the allotment. <laughs> um, yeah, I um, it's been such a weird year for growing. It's just been soggy. Kind of warm, but kind of soggy. It's been very mild and humid, isn't it's it? It's just been a real odd year. So I think I've probably got some powdery mildew coming along on some of oh my squashes no. because it's just damp and loads of people at the allotment are getting potato blight. No, yeah, potato yeah, blight. Potato, I've heard of that. But for tomatoes, oh. blight, I think they're the same family. So it affects both. What does that mean? It just rots? Yeah, it's like a, it's an infection that basically causes early rotting and mm. it just ruins a crop. So I'm worried we'll find some blight on my tomatoes. But, you know, it'll be an adventure. <laughs> you look so anxious talking. You're <laughs> oh, like, we, we'll just, see something. And you know, if fine. you'd come like two months ago, it looked so neat. And I was really proud of it. And it, re it just looks awful. But you're a man who appreciates the sort of the messiness of nature. So perhaps... I am, but I do person. feel like sometimes people are too much on the side of, like, every garden should be messy. You're like, they're still to be used yeah, I mean, this is supposed to be like a food producing space. Yeah, so you need a bit of organisation there. Like, yeah. You can't produce food in chaos. Yes, I mean, you probably could. You, probably could. Well, you could produce you it, but you couldn't. But it, wouldn't it would be, be hard like, to harvest and manage. Yeah, I think when you're trying, like when you're actively trying to be like, okay, I'd like to try and eat only my vegetables this summer, sort of yeah. thing. Or I'd like to produce enough kind of courgettes and broccoli and kale and stuff that I don't have to go to the greengrocers. If you're doing it with that kind of intention, then yeah, you probably do need a bit more sort of structure. Yeah, and also just to manage pests and stuff. Because everyone, like, you, you quite often hear people go, like, the easiest way to... You were talking about, like, slugs and snails in your garden. Oh, so you know, many. We can't get the birds in. But also, even if you could, I don't think that's the answer. No, I mean, so for my garden, dear listeners, I'm very lucky to have two green spaces that I can grow in. Yeah. Um, I've got a small the garden. The top 5% over here, look at her. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pay for a gym membership, I pay an allotment membership. That's what I, that's what I say. <laughs> Um, I don't do any of those other wellness things, <laughs> but the allotment, the allotment is great for my mental and physical well-being. Um, but I do have a small garden, but it's like um, we're on a hill and so the garden is sloped, so mm. it's kind of tiered. It's very damp. There are just so many snails and slugs and it just means they eat everything. And this is the first year that I've managed to get squash plants actually beyond their sort of seedling phase to be growing. Really? So this is the best it's ever looked as a vegetable place. And you can see I've got some kind of purple climbing beans which have just about survived. But yeah, because it's damp, I just get so many snails and slugs. So I did put in a pond to try and sort of encourage frogs and things. And I do have frogs this year. Do you? Yeah, lots of little ones, but some of them are like the size of the snails. So I don't think they're going to be doing much <laughs> beyond the like baby snail <laughs> stage. You're just going to see this like, small snail moving from the inside across the... Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be horrific. Do you know what my nan used to do? She used to leave a pile of... Um, gonna say shit but what i meant is like food waste oh yeah she's just leave it out on the garden so the slugs and snails went over to that because it was easy ground oh really so it just kind of like she put it in the corner a of the distraction. garden yeah just like in a bare bit of soil in in the flower bed you just put it kind of like potato peeling stuff like that there um do you not end then... up with kind of like rats and foxes and stuff that maybe were attracted to not as much as i remember to that she was like oh shit we've got you know watership down in our garden or anything oh my god that was such a traumatic film <laughs> i don't even know why that I have, was i have no fond memories of that film. i cannot remember what happens in that film i just remember being petrified of it as a child <laughs> um you used to get hedgehogs 
Oh, you I'm... couldn't have hedgehogs in your garden, could you? No, nobody. That's been mountaineers. <laughs> it's a bit sloped, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit. Well, it's beautiful, terraced. but it's just—it's not like you wouldn't see that and go prime hedgehog. No, but I tell you what, though, I have seen a deer somehow in next no, door's what? garden. You know where we are? We are in like the middle of a city, and a baby deer was in next door's garden. What? We're in we're in a terraced row, which backs onto another terraced row. I don't to this day. Did a buzzard drop it or something? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But honestly, Mark and I were both like glued to the window upstairs, like creeping on next door's garden. We were like, how is that here? How do they do it? Where has that even come from? I'd be setting up a camera trap. Yeah. In next door's garden. All right. Don't mind Without me. Without permission. <laughs> so, uh, no dig, no chemicals across the entire allotment. Yes, that's them's the rules. Them's the rules. Them's the rules. Do and, not and you do you put it. a shovel in that ground, Bob, and you're and, off. Unless you're getting a parsnip out, mate. Jog on. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, that makes sense, of course. Imagine if the no dig was that strict, you couldn't even harvest Frick. your own root veg. Yeah. <laughs> no! Because it's kind of, it's, it's a done really it in buckets. bed of clay under here as well, so actually getting parsnips out is pretty tough. Okay, and actually, yeah, you're right, it's quite. For, no wonder it's no. I've no dig looked like a no choice. <laughs> no, yeah, it's actually quite tricky. <laughs> Right, this is my plot. This so, is beautiful. Thank you. Some this, nasturtiums. Is, this is the bit where I remember I said you'd see the start of my progress plan. Oh, and then so it, these are my neat beds. Right, and which way? And then it sort does of it drifts. <laughs> it sort of drifts. <laughs> because I won't lie, so either I, side was a. Yeah, no, that's we're ignoring that side. For okay, now. That, well, that's not there. Cool. That bit has got taken over. Then this courgette has just decided, fuck the bed. Yeah, no, I will no sprawl. reason. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of drifted. And, and I'll then, grow leaves and nothing but leaves. <laughs> yeah, just tons of <laughs> leaves. It's huge. And then I did have um, garlic and things in, but these have come up. And that's already done now. So yeah, yeah. Um, I need to put some other stuff in. And then I had lots of potatoes as well, but again, those have come up. And then I found this like really weird and wonderful wrought iron. Oh, you can't see it. It's currently under a mass of beans, but this weird wrought iron sort of climbing frame that somebody left out in the street the other day. And I was like, oh yeah, I can see I'm it. I'm having yeah. that. Yes. Um, Love street finds. Yeah. So, so I've got purple beans. Are you going to send me on my way with some produce? I do have beans and a courgette for you. Yes. Let's start with, tell me why you grow veg. I grow veg, well, do you know what I think? Um, I used to say that I started in lockdown and then actually my parents reminded me that when I was young, I used to try and grow things on my windowsill in my bedroom. <laughs> like I would grow, try and grow carrots in like a Ferrero Rocher tub and they've actually got an apple tree in their garden, which I grew from seed. Really? Which I'd forgotten about completely and it's first starting to crop its apples like in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's always been a part of me in terms of like what I'm interested in. But I think it's very much like an instinctive connection to like land. But also these days, I think we're so disconnected from land yeah, yeah. and where our food comes from and this understanding that what we put into our bodies doesn't need to come wrapped in plastic yeah. from a supermarket mm -hmm. where it's been shipped from like Spain. Um, so, so that's sort of what started it. And I just find it immensely satisfying. I'm like, I, if I made a dish with a courgette that I'd got from the supermarket, I wouldn't think twice about the, 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 the dish. Mm. But then I'm here like growing a yellow courgette and I'm like, the courgette has to be the centerpiece. It is the main character of this dish. Oh my God, it's because I've I grown it that. and it's amazing. And like, I really celebrate the food that I've grown, which yeah. I just don't have that just don't feeling from for. from the supermarket. Yeah. Do you, do you find you use, not necessarily use more, but you actually use more of the veg when you're growing it yourself? Do you find you have less waste? Yeah, possibly, possibly. I think so, I mean, one example of that is I grew loads of purple sprouting broccoli 
which was again because I was like, oh, I never buy why Bible Sprouts. Yeah, it's so no, expensive. Tories. And it was the best. <laughs> well, precisely, yeah. Um, but it was so good. But I'd never thought before. I was like, oh, I can use all of the broccoli leaves as well, like kale. Yeah. I, but you don't. The leaves don't come with the broccoli when you buy broccoli in a shop. No. But when I had the plants here, I was like, oh, I've got loads of kale for my salads. There's so much of that stuff though with like growing veg. I found like there's certain bits of it that you can actually eat. Yeah. Like even with regular brow- broccoli. 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 Bro- broccoli. <laughs> Where in which country bro- have you been? <laughs> yeah, I've been here half an hour. <laughs> uh, regular broccoli. You can still eat like the leaves and stuff like that, almost like a salad kind of thing. It's so yeah, nice. Yeah, they're really great, like wilted into things. Is it as wholesome as it? You, and peaceful as you say or I mean there are special uh, do you periods. find yourself there is staring a war at your on patch. slugs <laughs> you know um it depends because you the thing is you also become very finely tuned to the weather and the climate which again yeah. is I think another reason why I like it um so I can tell you what the weather the last three summers have been not really through personal entertainment experience but through personal gardening experience yeah okay which is maybe a bit lame but you Gives really you do get like oh my god it hasn't rained for a week yeah. I need to then go and spend an hour watering this plot and it's going to be really heavy and it's going to be really hot or like I've got to make time before work to cycle here and well you know it does become it can become a chore but I do think it's quite rewarding but as you can kind of see today like I haven't been on top of my weeding (laughs) so I've left it for a bit too long and now the chore is massive and now I don't want to weed how often do you stare at your patch and just shout the word yield yield (laughs) no I yell crop at it but I like yield yield's better yield it sounds more like yield yield damn it do you want to yell that at my courgettes for a bit? See if that works. I want you to become the person of the patch. I like There's, it. She's shouting at her veg again. Yeah, there's like a 200 strong WhatsApp group of people that are on this like allotment. I need to and know more maybe about I will be, I'll be the one that like, that weirdo yelling yield at her courgettes again is back. I don't want to be that person. Is it more, and I don't want to make it political. <laughs> Bath is a, a Lib Dem stronghold. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I don't but know. But the vibe. Ah, I'm not, 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 think, not like where no, do they know, vote, but like what's the vibe? But I do think the vibe is... You said there's like a share in like overcrop. Yeah. How so often do people actually put in that? Loads. Really? No, do you know what? Actually, okay, in that case, I've shifted my mentality. It, the, I think the mix of people here are a bit of all sorts, but the mentality that has been like decided that this allotment is about is very like sharing community-led. It's very... I would say very red. So the sharing shelf is, yeah, for anyone, even if they don't have a plot here to access food if they need it. That's and really once lovely. a week we do this thing called crop drop where local food banks come and we put specific boxes in the sharing shelf where everybody donates their food with the purpose of it going to the crop drop. Yeah. And then they go and make food at local food hubs. It's either given away to families in need or it's like dishes are sort of produced. Yeah, that's that's nice that you get that kind of vibe. Do you think, like, like, because... You know, and I, I don't know, allotments kind of have the vibe, I still think, whereas, you know, they have that kind of openness, that community. But I still feel like some people might not feel like that's for me kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like I can, they I want can totally it. imagine that. Yeah. Do you think like that's, how do you think you kind of battle that with a, an allotment? Because like you said, it is a space. I mean, obviously you've got the financial aspect. Yeah, so I mean, I've already shared with you that this is more expensive than a council allotment. I couldn't yeah. get onto the waiting onto a council allotment. No, God, I can't in London. Yeah, and it's even worse in London. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, this is twenty pounds a month, and as I've said, I have that instead of going to the gym or yeah. doing any other wellness things. That's my like what I. But I appreciate that is a lot over a year. I don't know how you address that because it's really hard to sort of convince landowners to to do this. If 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 a farmer has a field that is producing. Mm. 
how do you convince them to turn it into a, a different type of profit-making venture, such as an organic no-dig allotment, but then also have the cost low enough to be really, really accessible? And to actually tick the boxes it needs yeah, to. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this one has a couple of community plots that are like set away for social, like schools and things. So I think if you can bring school groups and children in and teach them that this is the sort of thing that is for everyone, if they wanted it yeah, to be from yeah. an early age, that's probably helpful. Is there, there must be a lot of other organisations and, and, you know, groups set up to actually you know especially with cost stuff to actually you know i'm trying to think if there's like community groups that go like well we as a community group we can have an allotment so then every member of our yeah, organization can come and use that those four plots yeah kind of thing i'm wondering if that can help i would imagine that could be quite useful but again it's it's whether those community groups as well are four people who already don't see allotments as yeah, their yeah. thing i don't know that's that's a really good question though what is the most successful thing you've cropped this year? I've yielded. Yielded? Um, I did really well with my purple broccoli. My strawberries did really well for like two weeks. That was intoxicating. That was like, yeah, I'm winning at strawberries. I find strawberries, when they go, they really go. Mm. Like they don't stop and you have to like constantly pick them. Yeah, but only for like that. a small period of time. They sort of stopped after two weeks. We've got a good squash here. Yeah, one good squash. What? Have you, oh, you've got a neat little spider in here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, look at that. Good spot. Inside, in the flower. What are you going to do with your squash? Oh, that'd be in a curry, I imagine. Do you reckon? <laughs> Although last year I did bake them and then put camembert in. That was good, I'll be oh honest with God. you. Oh, my God. That was luxurious. What did you do? Just cut, scoop and camembert cut, scoop, it up? bake, and then once it was ready, cut the camembert it. in to melt. Oh, easy oh, and so good. Um, so what is your weeding process? Because obviously we, you know, like we said uh, at the beginning, everyone's like, no, let it grow, let it all grow. But obviously like in a patch like this, you can't. No, um, I mean, I'm obviously organic, mm. so I won't ever lay chemicals down. I just chucked some cardboard down, uh, which does suppress weed growth for a while uh, in patches that you're not using. It's just a lot of sort of pulling and time really, and then composting the weeds. Um, it is the more laborious way of doing things, but yeah, yeah. I would much rather be doing that than chucking chemicals in the ground. Yeah. You can convince yourself that it's kind of meditative as well sometimes. You like to stick a podcast on or like listen to an audio book and just say in, in the sun, do a bit of weed pulling. It's yeah. quite nice. It is, a, yeah, and I guess this is where it comes down to like, you've got your food and you're connected to it because you put that graft and work into it, haven't you? Like, yeah, true. You know, for example, like your courgettes, we're like, well, I've grown them, but I've also taken away the thistles or dandelions growing around them to really put that work in. Let them breathe. Let them breathe. Give them some nutrients back. This allotment site does run lots of events that are open to non-allotment holders. Oh, that's really cool. So they, they do try and invent that. people in. Yeah, so like they've had like tree planting, wildflower meadow sowing. They've got like a living, um, they've been planting like butternut squash all along the kind of fence where there's a uh, footpath nice um so again that's sort of to create more free food for people that need it yeah but yeah also anybody can get involved and have a day planting with the allotments if they fancy it and that's really cool so they've created a really open and welcoming space that's really nice i think that's the change really isn't it that's the starting point you've got to be open and welcoming yeah i know people that have got council allotments that are a bit sort of like oh who are you and you know a slightly more sort of protective sounding community of well, I don't recognise you get off our patch. So the council just put something in. 
yeah, so sometimes they have yoga in here, sometimes they have meals. Um, there's this all sorts of events. So really. cool! What a great Weed little workshops. space to kind of yeah, to like. I love these pallet tables. Yeah, and you can kind of shelter when it rains. Yeah, so if you're down some, here and there's a bit of a Some people get a kebab from the kebabby on the bridge over there and then bring it here <laughs> after the... It's great, yeah. This is really nice though, and I think, that, like, yeah, this kind of goes on to our point, isn't it? If you want more inclusion into a space that could otherwise be seen as a bit one type of person, mm. then it's having this free use. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, you know, even if you're not a member of the allotment, you can come down here and... Have a picnic if you like. Have a picnic table. and just walk around and look at the allotments and... See the colours. Yeah, exactly. I didn't, didn't know where you were going and that was excellent. <laughs> Do you ever have those moments, Enya moments? Probably, yeah. I don't think I've ever, the like, I never tagged them as an Enya moment, but I imagine that I do, yeah. I urge you now, like you'll be using the phrase, them. rich be richin. The rich be richin. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> it's oh, so good. The thing is also, you know exactly what that means by that phrase, don't you? Needs no explanation. If you, someone you, told you, you basically said it once and I was like, I know that's what you mean. now going to become like a real big part of my When someone language. says like, oh, well, Rishi Sunak's opened up, you know, 150 new oil fields, you go, yep, <gasps> rich, rich be richin. Like, that's it. And you go, yeah, it basically yeah, means it that, is. you know. We know. <laughs> yeah, being a bit of a James Blunt. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great phrase. But um, yeah, find your Enya moment. Find my Enya moments. On the allotment. Mm. And when you do have I've it. That is probably where I get them, to be fair, just puttering around. What would be your Enya song, though? Do you know what? I don't know them well enough to like pull one out of the top of my head. Oh, you do. Do I? I'd recognise them. Oracle flow. <laughs> but you say the words, and like the tune's not coming to mind. Yeah. I so you're gonna have to sing them for me. Is what I'm saying. Well, there's the sailor white. Sailor white. Sail yeah, that's away. very peaceful. I could see that on like they're a gentle all very wind like, blown. Yeah, I wouldn't say that they're they're stress relievers. They don't make you riled yeah. up. No one's ever <laughs> moshed to an Enya song. I think that sounds like a challenge. <laughs> If anyone's moshed to an Enya, I want to hear from you. What's going on in your I life? I don't. Stay no, away. No, I want to hear from you at a distance via email, maybe. Um, what do you make from your veg usually? What's your... Because you said at the beginning, like, you grow it because it gives you that more... Uh, I don't know. I don't want to use the word rooted because I feel like I'm punning. I think it's correct, though. It, yeah, it, all right. So it gives you a more rooted feel to your food. Um, right, what do I make with my veg? Anything and everything. Um, looking at the table in front of you, you you've got <laughs> right, your kale. We're on Saturday morning brunch. This is, yeah, hello, I'm, uh, is it James Martin? I think so, I'm yeah. the new James Martin. Um, so, like, I've given you, you've got some kale there. I'll wilt yep. that into anything that's going. Um, loads of curries, like hot rice salads, that kind of thing. Mm. The green beans, although they're not green beans, the purple beans, yes. as I've mentioned before, I slice them really thinly while they're raw, and I put them in um, coleslaw. And it's so good. I like making with carrot, cabbage. Carrot, cabbage, onion. no onion. I, no, don't I can't onion. eat onion anyway. You can't eat it? No. Doesn't do my guts any favours. A lot of people are intolerant to onion actually. It's very inflammatory. Um, but it's everywhere, so it's quite hard to avoid. That's not, yeah, because literally every recipe starts with grab an onion. Yeah, see, I don't. <laughs> yeah, you, you skip that bit. <laughs> well, skip, skip stage one. Um, but yeah, slice them up and then you put them in with some white wine vinegar, some mayo, and some whole grain mustard. And it's so good. Nice. Really okay, nice. I'm making that. And then they're also really good in stir fry. And the same with the courgette. You can just do tons of courgette in stir fry or make courgette. Or I did try something nice the other day, which was like you kind of slice it down um, the middle and mm. then sort of pan fried it 
uh, the sort of the cut bit down yeah. in um, in coconut oil. Ooh. And then I flipped them back over and I kind of sprinkled salt, pepper and lemon on. And then I sort of served them with bits of feta and pine nuts on. And I basically saw it on Instagram and was like, that looks so bougie. That is the coolest looking carrot um, courgette I've ever seen. <laughs> um, so I made that. That was great. Pan and, fried courgette. Yeah. And now I'm just getting tons of courgette recipes. I do like a good pickle. Do you yeah. pickle? I, I pickle. <laughs> Emma, do you I pickle? I pickle, I jam, I preserve, I chutney. <laughs> <laughs> chutney, that's middle class, always will be. Yeah, I love it, it's great. I had loads of rhubarb last year, so I made rhubarb chutney. Did you? Um, that was with dates though, so that was bougie. Ooh. Rhubarb and date, it's quite sweet. It was sort of Christmas pudding vibes. Nice. But then also last year I had tons of blight in my tomatoes, so they didn't get to redden, so I made loads of green tomato chutney and that was so good. Oh, that's nice. Really sharp, great with cheese. Mm. I think with my hoard here, I'm going to do uh, shallow fried kale. Oh, nice. So salt, oil, and then fry that. I'm going to do diced, chopped up um, courgette in like five spice. And That sounds delicious. Yeah, just like five spice and oil. And then the cucumber, I'm going to dice with some tomatoes I've got to make like a little thing. Side I sandwich. might put an onion in. That's up to you. But you're not eating it. I won't be there. But I would, however, like a picture. You'll get a picture. Don't comment on the onion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'll hold myself back. Thanks again for listening, nerds. As always, if you enjoyed the show, please give us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. And if you'd like to support Into the Wild, you can do so at www.kofi.com forward slash Into the Wild pod. And if you're not already, do check us out on social media, Into the Wild Podcast on Instagram and Into the Wild Pod on Twitter. Until then, we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>